This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. and fire podcast i am sir matt the bud knight and i am sir ezra the watchful welcome to our song of ice and fire book club today we are into john 2 of a clash of kings and in our maester study we will be discussing uh, the haunted forest wow yeah man um short chapter today as uh we had a we had a handful of these shorter chapters here at the beginning of this of this book uh, i can't i don't think that this chapter is going to take us very long so as asked me to come up with a funny story so i'm <laughs> thinking of that currently uh and i'm sure i'm sure by the time so, we get there maybe maybe i'll have something uh yeah 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 people are going wow how short was the chapter i mean it, it it's surprising i think it was four, i i think it was four pages yeah but it's good there's some good stuff in there i mean it's it's um it's pretty cool there's some connections to later on and uh yeah, I'm 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 happy with it, but yeah, dude, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. The, the, this whole this whole first book, this uh, or this uh, first section of this um, second book here, is is has been great, and it's actually got me fired up. I told you this chapter was so short. I told you that I kind of sprinted through about three or four chapters in my in my just mm-hmm. you know I, I got to go I got going and I was like wow okay here we go. And we talked about that before. Like sometimes you go through this stint where you're like, okay, I can't put it down, and I just you know I'm you know I'm just plowing through uh but uh so that's kind of where i am right now watch i'll probably hit a danny chapter and then oh wait no the danny chapters are good in this book let's go wow, wow. i'm kidding i'm kidding wow <laughs> people are hating on me right now no I, I they are i like danny i like danny a lot okay i just just i like these chapters in this book better so mm. but hey um how you been you all right Oh, I'm good, man. You know, uh, real quick, I guess we'll, we'll tell people uh, there's not a YouTube version of this week's episode because uh, Sir Ezra is out of internet data. So, but he that's, we're rectifying that. That's true, actually. Know? Like, like as that's, is, as is literally moving for the podcast. So he, people, people are probably thinking like <laughs> they're like, there's what? no way Ez does all these podcasts and and he doesn't have internet. That's that's that people are calling baloney, but it's actually true. <laughs> I've reached the data cap, you know? Uh, right. Hey, funny. some people are like, what? Data caps? Yeah, for those of you who don't know, if you live in rural areas, sometimes your internet providers um, have data caps. And so there's you can only do so much. As literally has these Verizon jetpacks, which are little mobile hotspots. I think they've got like a 15 gig yeah, allowance. cap. Is that something like that? Yeah. yeah allowance. Oh, yeah, that's an even better word for it. Allowance. <laughs> And uh, now that we've started going to video, he's burning through a lot more of these things. So Dude. he's like, okay, it's it's time to move. And so he may be yeah. getting in a, a new place. Uh, well, hopefully tomorrow. So, uh, 
Yeah, so yeah. We'll, 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 that'll be great. Well, really, uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully tomorrow I'll be getting a word back on the new establishment. And let me just say this: I was I'm, I was saving this. Um, I'm going to talk about it now since it came up. I was talking to my buddy Lane from an unexpected podcast, and I was kind of talking about um, I like the idea of being a wizard, you know, being this sort, or, or maybe like Obi Wan, like like a hermit, you know, who just kind of lives off in the, you know, out by himself, wherever nobody really knows where he he comes into town, but then when he he leaves town, and we really we don't really know where he where he goes and lives. Like that's kind of how I you know want to live my life. I like to just go go in town, get my things, go back out, and then just live this hermit like you know, lifestyle. So the place I'm looking at, let me tell you, <laughs> it is, uh, it, it, it at least has the good internet and, uh, but it's got that vibe. <laughs> it's got that, it's it about all it. it's got. Do, really. It does it. Is that all it's got? Yeah. So it, it does have running water. So, I mean, that's good. Right. Well, yeah, it's running in that I have to, you know, pump it myself, but it's, uh, it'll work. Dude, right, something right. else I was thinking about with the internet. Um, so do you remember, like, did, did, did anyone else, because this just kind of hit me, like, remember, like, a time before the internet? Like, do you remember when yeah. when you had dial-up and you had to, you know, like, like you put towels over, like, the modem so that way... <laughs> No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. That way, you know, it's like it's like it's like midnight, right? And you're trying to fire up the internet, and, and then, you know, you're trying to get on Yahoo Messenger to to talk to some girl in high school, and 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 so you find that was me. That was that. So I've been living yeah. this lifestyle for a long time. All right. Oh, Jiminy. Ah, oh, jeez. No, I do remember dial-up internet. Yeah, it is weird thinking about the world before internet, and now even thinking about the world before like high-speed internet. You know, like thinking about what it was like back in the day when you had 56k and and it's like what god yeah. like what that what was that you know like yeah uh crazy crazy yeah, crazy time how did people even live like how did I you how did you get know. a hold of people dude i i don't know i, I think I've, i don't know if i've told this here or not before but i i didn't even have a cell phone until i was a uh, you used to use pay phones. I used to use pay phones. Yeah, I'd say rendezvous, man. <laughs> I'd, I'd like, call where, people. Where, I expected like, them to show up. You know, I'd say, hey, meet at this time. I'll be there. And then I, I had a, you know, I would little... get I would get calls from Ezra in high school, and I'd be like, where are you? He's like, well, I'm at a pay phone. I'm like, well, what, yeah. which one? And he'd be like, well, it's this corner of this and this. Yeah. And yeah, I, was I can. Like, well, hold on, hold on. Let me print out MapQuest so I yeah. can get there. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! I I for the longest time I used to drive by and I used to really appreciate that in the back of that Kroger's parking lot, uh, there there was a payphone still there. I don't know if it worked or not, but it was there for so long. And uh, there was one up by J.C. Penney. Uh, there was one, yeah, just in a couple different places. And I I I knew where they were at. I knew where to go to to use them. It was great just different time yeah. i don't think I, I i have no idea how people got around i mean i guess it's just, you just have to know the streets yeah yeah how did you get across the country i mean crazy you, you got to find a phone all this stuff i, I mean, mean what's wrong with this though that right that's that's the thing i mean how is is the internet a bad thing you know is it like do, do we know are we less resourceful i don't know has has technology ruined us i don't know that's like, that's like, no, not at all. Honestly, it's opened up so many avenues. Yeah. Uh, no, it really, it has. It's uh, the podcast and connecting with everybody. It's fantastic. I just kind of wondered if anybody remembered the time, uh, the, the, the dark times, right? Of pay, of pay phones. Yeah. The, <laughs> I'm glad you remember that, by the way, because I used to, like, I, that note card that I had 
was wore out. I actually still have your your number <laughs> memorized because you have the same number. Um, I do. You know, seven four zero. Hey, whoa! Uh, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, upgrades coming. You know, it's 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 wild that you've seen some upgrades on the podcast, and now it's like, all right, I've now I've got to keep up to the upgrades. So here we go. It's true. It's it's true. Yeah, man. Ooh, well, uh, as do you even have school this week? Is it canceled because of the coronavirus? Because let me tell you, that there are people getting it out by where out by where I live, and we are freaking yeah. out. I don't even. I'm. I'm just like I'm staying indoors. Well, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's um yeah. We actually our our school district issued uh actually all all, all districts around here kind of issued a thing saying like if you're sick, stay home, and uh, that's okay with us. We'll help you get caught up, and and you know. Um, oh, I don't, I, sound a little sick. Well, I was gonna say I know they sent that to the student body, but I'm, I, you know, I took it to heart. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I got a little bit of a scratchy throat. I think I'll just, uh, you know, I don't want to. Who knows? So, and really, I'm more to trying to make light of it. It's, it's kind of a freaky thing. It's like, the heck? I mean, uh, the districts. Well, actually, we had in uh, in Ohio, we had a lot, uh, several districts kind of shut down because of the flu. The flu was so bad that people it, during this um, this this flu season in in, in the winter uh school closed actually so that's the first for me anyways as a teacher wow. where, where school closed because the flu was that bad i know that's happened before and and in different regions and places it sometimes happens but it hadn't happened uh in in ohio for a long time and so yeah they were like you know it's really bad there's a couple of nasty strands of it going around so i don't know everybody just wash your hands hopefully everybody's you know uh it just kind of sucks so yeah but yeah, stay safe out there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, every everybody, all of my friends who I have a bunch of friends who are nurses and stuff, and they all say that the flu is ten times worse than the coronavirus. Wow. Well, it's, yeah. So, but it's like, well, you don't have coronavirus, so how do you know? Well, <laughs> good point. Yeah. I don't know, man. So. It's just, yeah. It's just uh, I don't know. Making the I mean, when the president's speaking about it, I kind of feel like yeah, it's you know, big deal. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, well, hey, nobody's, I don't think there's anybody dying of sickness in this chapter, is there? Uh, no, although it is cold there. It's very cold. And, and, and we're going to get to that. So, All right, well, um, there's nothing really to report. I have done a wins of winter search. Uh, nothing really new going on in that front. Um. But we are edging closer and closer, so Gurr has to finish this book fast if he wants to have it by mm-hmm. that. Uh, I mean, he's now we're into March, so yeah, yeah, we're already two months in, man. You really gotta get this thing going. Yeah, I, I love the people who are so optimistic that they say he actually has the next two, like the the next two books done, and he's gonna do some crazy bang bang back to back thing. I'm like, you people, I love you. I love you for your enthusiasm and everything, but uh, it's just wild. It's kind of crazy to think. I, I just hope, I just, I'm hoping this book's done. Winds of Winter. I think he's sitting on it and maybe, so, you know, it's been sent to the editor or whoever, publisher. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, also, other, other news here really quick. I did get my Ice and Fire Con ticket. So, everyone, yeah. you, know, we, you know, actually, the other day, uh, for those of you guys in the Facebook group, we did a live stream, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and we actually just recorded an episode right there inside of there, inside of 
that. Um, and, uh, it was kind of cool having everyone's feedback while we were, while we were recording live. So for those of you guys who are in the Facebook group, stay tuned. Cause as and I might just turn on, we might just, you know, we get, we start yeah. w- working on stuff and then it, and we're just kind of like, ah, let's just go live and see what happens. And yeah. That, that was, was definitely, a, that was definitely a ton of fun. Yeah, it absolutely was. And, and so it was one of the reasons why I'm sort of like accelerating my plans to say, ah, let's go ahead and upgrade the internet and, and, uh, d- do more of that. I'd love just to, before podcast uh well we just had a funny moment before we started today and and i was actually kind of like thankfully you know we we weren't uh streaming that but but it would be funny uh i guess if it happened on accident i don't know it just there's moments where it's like i wish you guys could hear some of the uh discussion that is that is had before the show sort of the pre-show so yeah that, that, that'd be a lot of fun to do so look forward to that make sure you go in there and like that facebook page and and uh like the group or join the group that's that's where, because uh, correct. That's where the hangout was. It was inside the Facebook mm-hmm. group. Inside yeah. the Facebook group, yeah, yeah. And so. it gives you guys the ability to comment live. So, okay, all right, as well. Let's head on over uh, to the Maester study. Talk a little bit about the haunted forest. Yeah, just real brief today. Just that uh, this is sort of a vast forest beyond the wall. Um, it's it's north of the wall, north northern Westeros, located uh, beyond the Seven Kingdoms. It's inhabited by the Free Folk. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's up, um, it's, it's bounded or boarded by, uh, to the West by the frost fangs and to the East by the shivering sea and the Bay of seals. Um, North of the haunted forest is the unmapped, uh, land of always winter. So that's sort of up there where we are at. Um, the trees that we have up here, we have ash, we've got broadleaf, chestnut, ironwood connection to a, a video game that we've played. Um, we have oak, sentinel, soldier pine, weirwood. Uh, it is the only known location where one can find more than two or three weirwoods in a single place. Uh, the Fist of the First Men is an isolated hill found near the milk water in the western part of the forest. We'll get to that later. Um, let's see. The wood is named the Haunted Forest by the Brothers of the Night's Watch, who traditionally have cut all trees within half a mile of the wall. Uh, as the number of brothers has diminished over the centuries, however, the tree line has crept closer to the wall. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty neat. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's just kind of a, it, it. We'll hear about the haunted forest in literally every single book uh, going forward, except for I don't know that it's mentioned in a feast for crow or a feast with crows. But yeah, it's um, it's mentioned quite a bit, and it's something that the uh, Night's Watch will trek through. We'll we'll come across. Um, Different characters will go through there, and it's it's a scary place. You know, in this in this week we kind of look at um, we, we come across a weirwood there that is that's pretty um, you know daunting, if you will. So yeah, yeah, yeah. John start says to kind of think about how this place uh, got its name as as the haunted forest. Yeah, John describes it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he says that he sees one of the it's the largest a tree he thinks he's ever seen. So uh, that's yeah, definitely definitely pretty interested interesting. Um, and then some, just some uh, quick quotes about it here, you know, uh, from Tyrion. Uh, he's like, few axes had ever swung in that black wood where even the moonlight could not penetrate the ancient uh, tangle of root and thorn and grasping limb. Out there, the trees grew huge, and the rangers said they seemed to brood and knew not men. It was a small wonder the Night's Watch named it the Haunted Forest. Yeah, so just imagine it's so dark there. Um, 
that I mean you can't it's it's just pretty much like pitch black inside this forest um all right well uh if you're ready we can move on over to the reread um so we can uh do that um so last time we were with Daenerys Daenerys won Daenerys decides to follow the red comet deep into the red waste to protect her newborn dragons Many of her Kalasar die before they find shelter in a ruined city. There, Sir Jor Mormont tells her about his second wife, Lenice Hightower. While her people rest, Daenerys sends her three blood rioters to scout, and Jogo returns with three strangers from the great city of Karth. Uh, this week we're into John 2. Last time we were with John, John Snow finds Samuel Tarly in the dark library cellar of Castle Black, where Sam has found a number of maps for the Great Ranging. Out in the courtyard, they watch the new recruits practicing, and John talks with Donald Noy. Uh, after they present their maps, Lord Commander Jor, Jor Mormont discusses Maester Aemon's past with John. Uh, this week, John 2, Jon Snow helps investigate White Tree, the fourth abandoned wild vill wilding village they have encountered. Lord Commander Jor Mormont dispatches Jon with a report for Samuel Tarly to send back to Castle Black. After a short talk with Sam, Jon returns to Mormont to discuss his uncle uh, and how he might have uh, re uh, how he may have reacted to the abandoned villages. Yeah, and that is something I was thinking about when I was talking to you earlier. Um, just that one thought, you know, how did Benjen, how would Benjen have reacted going through um, the abandoned villages? Like, what are his thoughts and, and stuff? And it's caused us to really, you know, go back and explore a topic that we've explored in the past and, and we may uh, look at in the in, in the future, whether it be on YouTube or here on the podcast. But old Benjen Stark has got me thinking mm. again. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that, you know, as we as we uh, on on our Patreon series, we talked our extended edition. We've been picking characters, talking about how they could fit into the show, uh, and Benjamin's certainly one that we want to do here uh, shortly, just because hey, uh, there's a lot uh, a lot of variables you know surrounding Benjamin, and I think you and I as are both maybe under the belief that he may still be alive and may not be a cold hands type character like we see in the show. Uh, might just be, might just, might just be alive. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll talk more about that later. I, it's it's kind of crazy. What do you think about it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, okay. So, uh, White Tree, the village was named on Sam's old maps. John did not think uh it much a village. Four tumble-down, one-room houses of unmortared uh, stone surrounded an empty sheepfold and a well. The houses were roofed with sod, the windows shuttered with ragged pieces of hide, and above them loomed the pale limbs and dark red leaves of a monstrous great weirwood. It was the biggest tree Jon Snow had ever seen, the trunk near eight feet wide, the branches spreading so far that the entire village was shaded beneath their canopy. The size did not disturb him so much as the face. The mouth especially, no simple carved slash, but a jagged hollow large enough to swallow a sheep. Uh, and then, the, you know, they, they, they talk about this tree for a little bit here. Uh, and something I kind of uh, found, like, really interesting right at the bat is when the, they say that um, uh, John says he heard that you could never tell a lie in front of one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which I found I found I found pretty interesting. And I was kind of thinking about that. And I was like, is it uh, is it the power of a tree? You know, uh, if you go back to the uh, Game of Thrones, Catelyn always felt really weird around the trees, like they were watching her, which ties somewhat into Bran, possibly Blood Raven, you know, the Three Eyed Crow, um, and you know, maybe the idea of you could never tell a lie in front of one because. Maybe the the three eyed crow, you know, in foreshadowing something later, the three eyed crow can can look through the trees throughout history yeah. and kind of see you, and maybe that's you know what Gur is like foreshadowing for, um, as or as or maybe it's because the power of the gods and you just can't do it, or it's just a saying. So there's a lot to kind of uh, to pick up that in there. Well, I, I was thinking um, you're kind of beating around the bush here, right? But but like. Why does Catelyn Stark feel so weird around the the weirwood trees? Because she's she's a liar, okay? You know, wow. she, she said stuff about Ashara Dane, you know, that she shouldn't have said. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, she feels a little nervous. All right, I mean, she shouldn't have brought up that 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 whole topic, you know. And and Eddard told her like, hey, it's enough of that. Don't bring that name up. I don't want to hear that name again. So wow, hey, you participating in that gossip? <laughs> Oh, I'm kidding. I love. I love. I actually love that uh, uh, Catelyn uh, quite a bit. It's just. It, it's. I think it's more just that it's odd that uh, it's a different uh, way of life and a way of thinking. You know, the Mormonts. Um, George Mormont says the same thing that his father kind of, you know, told him that you can't tell a lie in front in front of a weirwood tree. And it's sort of more more odd and, and eerie. And actually, really, what it could have been that Catelyn was sensing and feeling there is. This power, you know, uh, John could feel the power. It wasn't just old. The ravens are saying old, old, old. Uh, and then he said, and powerful. He could sense, he could feel its power. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's sort of the, it's it's like pulsating with power in some way. Yeah, yeah, right here. Thorn Smallwood dismounted beside, uh, beside the trunk, dark in his plate and mail. Look at that face. Small wonder men feared them when they first came to Westeros. I'd like to take an axe to the bloody thing myself. John said, my lord father believed, no man could tell a lie in front of a heart tree. The old gods knew when men are lying. My father believed the same, said the old bear. I mean, that's that's pretty, you know, that's, that's kind of interesting there. Maybe that's an... That's an old uh, kind of northern gods uh, uh, saying, or, or not really saying, but yeah. just some thought. A belief, they, yeah. A belief, yeah, that, that gets passed down and passed down that, hey, no, these, the, the old gods know. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And they do. I mean, like, that's – well, also, oh, my gosh, I've had such an eye-opening experience here recently with, with like, uh, my, my – well, I, I – I came across a few theories and a few videos that had me really thinking differently about these gods and thinking differently about the presence of a god in in this world. And then George Martin, his belief on that, and now more looking at not necessarily the the gods, but like the just the power uh, or the the magical, I guess, properties of some of these uh, beings, characters, you know, uh, dragons, werewolves, you know, stuff like that. It's it's really got me thinking. And uh, in, in this one in particular, it's like it's it's old. It's it's um, it's been around for a long time and it has a lot of knowledge and uh, has seen a lot. So mm-hmm. it, it has a lot to contribute, a lot to say to anybody who would, um, you know, shift into it and, and connect in the old Weirwood network and, and stuff. So, yeah, and it's just 
I, I, th- I think about that, and then I think about the sacrifice that's going on on, on the, in the inside here. They they have the goat, right? They got this the, the goat offering or the skull that they look mm-hmm. at, and oftentimes the red that you see coming out of these uh, trees or whatever is blood. And so you go back to like blood magic, and you go back to uh, like that kind of connection, and you think, geez, you know, what is it? What is it that um, it's it's just. Uh, it's just different, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I have a whole. I'm working on a whole thing just on on the idea that um, it's it's less the gods and it's more this um, that there's some there's some power in in these things or some magic or whatever, and it's this life energy or whatever or the lack of it or or whatever. Um, so yeah, when I when I came across this this tree, I thought, man, this is uh, really really interesting, and that it, it, its mouth is big enough that they would maybe you know, burn something in there or sacrifice something or whatever. Um, kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so then he's, he's, uh, Jor is looking at this skull, you know, wish the bones could talk. Right. Um, and then he says the children of the forest could speak to the dead. It said, but I can't, um, which I think is also interesting. Cause that's to my recollection, the first time that they talk about the children of the forest being able to speak to the, specifically the dead, Mm-hmm. Um, and that's certainly something interesting because, uh, you know, if, again, is that, is that, is that a saying or something that's been passed down and kind of manipulated over time? And maybe instead of, right. oh, well, the children created the dead or the children, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, and then it's been distorted it's over time, been yeah. distorted. Right. You think like the game of telephone. Right. And so it's just been morphed into well, the children could speak to the dead. It's sad. Right. And so the, uh, you add that on there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that is crazy to kind of think about. Like, given what we've seen in the show, makes us kind of think that, right? Makes us kind of wonder if there, if that wasn't uh, saying that has been twisted or turned and or lost its true meaning over time. So, yeah, yeah. Instead, yeah, instead of instead of the yeah, they they made them. So that's interesting. Um, so they're going through the houses. Uh, you know, get the, let's uh, he says you know get up to the top of the tree. Let's have a look. All of the hounds brought up too, so they're kind of doing some scouting to see, you know, where they at, what's going on, um, and a lot of these little villages they've hit. There's nobody there. They're all they're they're all abandoned, uh, and a lot of it is because they've moved out. You know, we know as our as our reread, they've moved out for several reasons to go join up with Mance Raider, or you know, they uh, aren't really alive anymore, or they've fled south like OSHA, um, and so that's certainly what. That's what the Night King, or that's what the Night's Watch is finding out right now. Yeah, exactly. The and and um, uh, what what's his name? Giant, right? Uh, gets to the top mm. of the tree and he's he's having a good look around and and they're trying to trying to figure this out. It's it's uh, it's odd that they would just up and up and leave. Um, I I did think it was kind of funny. Who is it? Um, to the dollar said or or or, or Talad who kind of says when they go into that little um. They enter into one of those hovels or whatever. They enter in one of those like uh, houses or whatever, and and they they it just looks really um, like to 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 him it looks like it's a nice place to to sleep, you know, some mm-hmm. straw you know over in the corner and stuff. And I you know it's it's sort of a funny little yeah um, yeah what yeah what a, yeah what a dismal uh, John is talking. You know what a dismal place to live. I was born in a house like this. <laughs> declared Dollar said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says I'd I'd give all the golden castle rock to sleep in a bed again. You call that a bed? <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, uh yeah. 
So you can yeah, just yeah, see the it, different walks of life they where where they come from. Yeah, kinda. if it's softer than the ground uh, and has a roof over it, I call it a bed. Right. <laughs> so, but it's it, it's odd, right? There's just there's no trace of of these people, and this is the fourth village. Did you say that the fourth one that they've mm-hmm. come through? That um, they're they're all empty. Um, you know, John says, "What do you think happened to them all?" And uh, Dollar said, "said you know something worse than we can imagine." Well, I might be able to imagine it, but I'd sooner not. Bad enough to know you're going to come to some awful end without thinking about it a fourth time. So, yeah, you've got um, two of the hounds were sniffing around the door as they reemerged. The other the other uh, dogs ranged through the village. Chet was cursing them loudly, his voice thick with, with anger he had never seemed to put aside. Um, let's see. Yeah, the, the light flittered through the red leaves of the weirwood. Uh, made the boils on his face look even more inflamed than usual. When he saw John, his eyes narrowed. There was no love lost between them. So a little foreshadowing uh, there just between those two characters. Um, don't, definitely don't get along, and that, that animosity is going to kind of grow as they continue north, and he continues to be more agitated. Um, but yeah, gone. Gone. The raven continues just to kind of to say it over and over. Gone. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a mystery. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the backdrop again to this chapter. That raven is always, you know, interesting, you know, just saying. Uh, it's almost like the peanut gallery, right? You know, just off to the side. Hey, you know, there's. it's like, here's your scene and what's going on, and then you've got the you've got the raven back there kind of add, adding into it with his, his quirks. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, um, let's see here. Just to, so so they sent Giant up to look over, the, like, in the trees, and he's coming back down. Um, they're talking about whether they should camp there tonight in this, in this place, just because there's a little bit of shelter and, 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 but there's not enough shelter for everybody, you know? So some people are going to be kind of uh, griping about who gets to sleep inside, who doesn't, you know, what have you. Uh, he, uh, he asked giant how much daylight they have about three hours and he, and Mormont kind of decides that they're going to press North and they're looking for this lake. Uh, giant was able to spot a lake. And uh, they want to make camp on the shore there. Perchance they can uh, they can find a few fish or something. Um, and this is where we, we you know John is going to go fetch a <clears throat> piece of paper and and he has to check back in with with Maester Eamon just to sort of say same thing again. Here we go. Like this this the mystery kind of continues. Um, these villages are are empty. We can't find the wildlings. We have no idea where they're at. And he's writing back to Maester Eamon just to kind of document and journal what's happening. And that's enter Sam in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and see see maybe what kind of advice Maester Aiming can give. You know, he's studied those books for long, long, long time. Maybe he can kind of also provide some sort of intel, right, uh, to them. Uh, and that's also we you know what Sam has with with bringing those books here. Uh, and they talk about that a little bit. You know, they say, hey, well, there's looks like there's a lake to the there's a lake to the north, um, a few flint hills, nothing else to see. Uh, and then they say we're going to camp here. Um, you know, how much, how much daylight remains to us three hours, you know, we're, we're going to press on. If we can make the lake, we can make a camp, uh, possibly catch a few, uh, a few fish. Then he writes to, to Maester Eamon there. Um, and then, um, I mean, again, not really a lot happens in this chapter, guys, unfortunately. Um, yeah. They're just they're just going to do a little bit. Of, there's a few men that are going to go out and do a little bit of scouting. Um, they're just kind of going to set, setting up, uh, you know, camp here um uh, yeah well and really he's thinking like like right here at the end um 
two things happen. He's thinking about his sword hand. He's thinking about Arya. He's thinking about, um, you know, he's got to keep his hand flexed and, and you know, without his sword hand, he's, I mean, a man could die, etc. But uh, this is when I said, you know, here enters Sam, right? So once he decides, yeah, I got to, you know, contact Mr. Eamon, here comes Sam, Sam with his ravens. And and uh, he had taught, now this is this was my big question, uh, Sir Matt, to you. Yeah, let, me, let, me, let me read this to you and, and then I'll ask the question. Um, so John found Sam with the other stewards watering his horses. He had three to tend his own mount and two pack horses, each bearing a large wire and wicker cage full of ravens. The birds flapped their wings at John's approach and screamed at him through the bars. A few shrieks sounded suspiciously like words. Have you been teaching them to talk? He asked Sam. A few words. Three of them can say snow. One bird croaking my name was bad enough, said John, and snow's nothing a black brother wants to hear about. Snow uh, often meant death in the north. So, interesting, you know, he says, have you been teaching them to talk? Uh, Sam just says, a few words, three of them can say snow. Not that he taught them to say snow. But that they can say it. That they can say it. And I don't think he taught them to say, why, why would Sam teach these birds to say snow? Exactly, what, especially what especially when John says, you know, especially when John immediately afterwards is like, why, you know, that's not really a great word to teach them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so and then again, it's it's this uh, it's a connection to him and then snow in the north often meant death. Uh, so it could be a warning, you know. So I don't know. We, we always think about what these ravens are saying and, and whether and their significance. And I thought, wow, that's 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 cool. Sam doesn't actually say that. Yes, I taught them words. He just says yeah, a few words. Three of them can say snow. Um yeah, so so that's kind of that's kind of odd. Uh, another thing that's interesting is that you find out that Sam, as the as the like the the longer they journey, the other men are getting kind of we kind of skipped over it just a little bit there, but like they're they're scared, they're a little bit uh, you can see fear, like they're not going to show it, but if you look close enough for the signs that you're that you're unnerved a little bit um, here in the, in the forest, you, you, like John's getting that vibe, and, and I'm I'm sure that uh, Lord Commander Mormont is is seeing that as well, but Sam is not he's actually getting braver each day he's getting more like he, he feels like uh, this is not so bad and mm-hmm. it's just sort of uh odd to, to see that and we kind of forget that that happens a little earlier with sam he's he's not as scared he's just like well this is, we're just seeing the we're just out here taking a ride just seeing the land and and i'm tending these ravens and that's that so yeah thought, well and, and then cool. and then john you know john says to him you know we'll make a ranger out of you yet right uh, and he says, next thing you'll want to be an outrider like Gren. Shall I speak to the old bear? You know, don't you dare. Uh, Sam pulled the whole hood over his enormous black cloak uh, and clambered awkwardly back onto his horse. Um, yeah, I had hoped uh, we might stay in the night in the village, he said. Uh, it would be nice to sleep under a roof again. Uh, two roofs for us all, said John. Um, and then, as I guess, um, you know, and then the they talk about how they're as they're making camp. You know, if you go back just a little bit, they're all kind of staring up at the comet again. The comet uh, prevalent here, um, and and John uh, talks about how you know there are two hundred men, um, you know, our forces, right? Two hundred men mm-hmm. rode yep. rode rode north. And so, you know, they haven't really entered battle or anything yet. And, and possibly, I mean, this chapter, you know, it's similar to that Aria chapter we had that was short a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, it's just kind of a transition. You know, we're, we're, Gur is just kind of setting the stage here um, in between some of these bigger chapters. And I think I think part of the reason he did that is you have 
you know, a really, really long, you know, Daenerys chapter and you had a really long Davos and, and Theon chapter. So he's saying, OK, well, I can keep the reader moving along with Arya and John and just kind of pushing them just a little bit forward here. But they don't have to take enormous steps yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of a slow build and and stuff. And there actually is uh, when you look at the the way he has structured some of the the chapters and, and you look at like um, mm-hmm. just if you only look at that writing style and that structure, I was looking at this as I, I went a few chapters ahead. I thought, dang, there's a couple so some of these shorter chapters have similar um, style to them. And, and there's uh they're, they're, they're connected in different ways. I'm going to have to go back and pencil down some of those connections. But I remember I was driving back today and I, I was listening. Uh, gosh, I was ahead. I was in another Aria chapter and I just thought, wow, this is really interesting. The kind of connections that you, when you, when you listen and you, and you kind of wonder why George, you know, puts chapters the way that he does. Um, you know, what? Why not just do John back to Arya, back to John, back to Arya? What? You know, what is? Why does he throw somebody else in there? There's, there's a reason, and um, and a lot of times it's to throw you off of maybe these um, hidden little connections or 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 nods or or similar structure that might clue you into, you know, so, bigger something secrets. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. So I, that's also why I've always said it's it's really neat to go and do to read the book in, in a couple of different ways, you know, to read it through just one point of view um, or read two people's point of view, read a region, you know, focus on just Westeros and then leave Daenerys out or, or vice versa. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then that's, that's mostly the chapter. Um, uh, this is when he's, then, then John starts talking to uh, Jor Morma about, um, you know, his uncle, right. His uncle Benjamin mm-hmm. a little bit there. Um, they rode in silence until John said, uh, if my uncle had found all these villages empty as well, he would have made it his purpose to learn why Lord Mormont finished. Uh, then they talk about, you know, we'll be 300 when Corin joins us, whatever enemy waits out there, we will not find so easy to deal with. Uh, we will find them, John, I promise you, or they will find us thought John. So still a little, um, you know, hesitation in John in John's voice, but you know, first of all, let's go get Corin Halfhand. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a great swordsman, and I'm I still think Benjamin's out there alive. Does not maybe not even cold as cold hands. I think he might just be out there. Yeah, we we really. I mean, I know it's it's kind of it's it's it seems you know Mormont seems very sure. Uh, like like it's like I don't know. I know that a lot of people were kind of. Um, well, let's see. Yeah. Some of the veterans would, would say, we've seen this before. He's been gone too long. There's no way that you could survive. But there's something to him being a Stark and being significant. And and then they bring this up here again as to, like, this would have led him on. This would have, have driven him him further. The, the crazy part where I start to get a little discouraged is that we go as far uh, later on in this in this story as to see Mance Raider and, and to meet up. And it's just like, you know, at every point where you think you should meet him, you don't. And then when you meet a mysterious character like Cold Hands, you're sort of like, maybe that's him. <laughs> but right. But then I don't know. So we'll we'll have to talk more about that later and, and go back and pull up the text and actually uh, read again uh, what's what's going on there because it's just it's crazy. It's crazy because they, they they chose the actor. I mean, the, the same actor to play him in the show is does that is that really telling us something? Is it just yeah? He's not, you know. Cold Hands is not Benjamin, but maybe uh, they are 
air quote the same. Who knows? I, yeah, or maybe they just fit him into the role. I mean, you look at other characters, you know, um, Jorah Mormont taking on the role of John Connington in the books a little bit. You know, he John Connington's one with Grayscale. So, I mean, there's definitely, you know, some characters sometimes in the shows, a, a character does something that a book character would have done instead. Um, you know, Don Annoy doesn't even exist in the in the show. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, one one thing, just to, just to, as a, we get ready to, because I know as soon as we stop recording here, you and I are going to keep talking about this. But hey, I go back to Leaf and and the what was said about um, cold hands, air quote cold hands, like just that he was that he that he had died long ago. I mean, and that he, you know, so that he's something different to him, very different. Um. So I'll say that. That's it. And, we, and I think we did a Patreon episode on the possibility, and a lot of people point to it and think that it could be. There's the whole um, who is Cold Hands a friend. Mm-hmm. And that he yeah. could be Sir Duncan the Tall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, cra- it's, it's, it's crazy. So I, I don't know. It's, it's fun to speculate on it and, and to think about it. I just think the, the book offers many different um, possibilities, and, and so I, I, I like the idea that Benjamin would just actually at one point come back in some awesome way maybe I, and who, who knows what that's going to be but because it feels like we've explored everywhere we can explore in in the north i know the north is vast and stuff and he could just been a you know hiding somewhere well you know, and, and yeah, if you want to yeah. if you want to if you want a crazy theory all right yeah i'm could always down be, for that could he be on skagos which is kind of dude i almost nec- said that he's not it's not it's kind of like wildling territory that people can just go to right i mean it's kind of i mean you never know yeah 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 oh man yeah well okay i don't know people think we've exhausted that one but i really don't think we have i actually think there's there's more to kind of think about when when because we've started to think you know winds of winter um where are all, all of our characters at and it's like i was working on the north Remember, I told you this. I had started with Jon Snow, and I then went to Melisandre and Solis and everybody who's up there. And I thought to myself, well, who else is up there? I'm like, Benjen? <laughs> like, where, where's he at? And then we read this chapter this week, and so, I don't know. We'll, we'll keep yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, you forget about him. You forget about him, so. Okay, all right. Well, uh, we do have a raven uh, today. Hello, good sirs. I have a question concerning the others. In the books, Sam reads a passage from a book that states that anyone killed by the others can then be raised again and join the army of the dead. To me, that says you have to fill, you have to um, fall via a white or a white walker. However, the show plays it that anyone who has died at all can be raised. You know, uh, with the example of the dead Starks in the crypts. What are your thoughts on this? Which day, which way do you think is correct? Thanks for your time and the podcast, uh, Sir Jeremy of House JM. Mm. Okay, so the others and you know, I think I think the um, the point that's made there is that the way it's described or the way it's seen in the TV show is that the Crypts of Winterfell could come alive themselves, and even though they we know that for, like for the most part that they were not killed by. Um, and other, or what have you, or or if you want to use the term Night King and his people, whatever, wasn't killed by them. So how is it that that they could have control over them and and raise the dead there? Yes, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think I I don't think it's that they can control any of the dead. I think there has to be 
And I'm trying to think if there's an example that would, that would, that would, um, yeah, no, I think it's like they have to have had a part in the killing or have had their touch on it on that individual directly. Right. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I don't know because, you know, again, we don't really see them so much in the, in the books as much as we've seen them in the show. And I would have to imagine that I think I think maybe they do have to be you have to uh, an other or a what you know or or a white kills them and then they can can then control them. But uh, when you think about Craster's baby, right? Mm-hmm. How they touch it? Is it killing it? Is it just turning it into a White Walker? That's kind of interesting because they don't. He doesn't die. And then get turned into something. He gets turned into something while he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I just it's their touch or their influence. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what I'm that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like if you could, you know, walk into well, it doesn't even forget Winterfell. If you were down in any crypt or any uh, graveyard, um, in the south, does the Night King or whoever have the power to raise the dead? there well in the shows obviously that's what they're kind of that's oh, it's a little yeah, bit exactly yeah it I, I think they just take a little bit of liberty there to make a scary scene in in, in the crypts of winterfell you know to say yeah. oh we're safe in here oh but wait the dead are in there too yeah I, I i don't think that that's good it's going to be that way in the books no i uh but, but but even just that they have that that ability or that that power um yeah. Yeah. Well, and you have to imagine, I feel like their army would be way bigger. I mean, well, mm-hmm. again, they can do it in the show. I, again, the show the show is different because everything in TV, everything gets scaled completely differently, you know, uh, just because of the way you have to make it work for, for television. Um, yeah. And so maybe I, I I don't know in the books. I don't I don't know. I, I, I think I'm leaning more towards no. They can't just raise... Like if they like if it's, they can't just raise anything, they have to kill them first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me let me read a couple things here from you know. Oh, okay. Let's go to the source here. Let's go to Old Nan. Um, this is uh, what is this? Brand four. Old Nan nodded and uh, said that in in that darkness, the others came for the first time. They were cold things, dead things that hated iron and fire and the touch of the sun and every creature with hot blood in its veins. They swept over Holdfast and cities and kingdoms. Uh, felled heroes and armies by the score, riding their pale dead horses and leading hosts of the slain. So there you go, leading hosts of the slain. Um, all the swords of men could not stay their advance, and even maidens and suckling babes found no pity in them. They hunted the maids through frozen forest and fed their dead servants on the flesh of human children. Her voice had dropped very low, almost to a whisper. Uh John kind of later on recounts sort of almost the same thing, uh, the same tale that that old Nan had had used and had said. Uh, he could hear her voice again and the click, click, click of the needles. In that darkness, the others came riding. She used to say, dropping her voice lower and lower. Cold and dead they were, and they hated iron and fire. It's like repeated again. Mm-hmm. And the touch of the sun and every living creature with hot blood in its veins. Hold fast in cities and kingdoms of men fell before them as they moved south on pale dead horses leading hosts of the slain 
uh, they fed their dead servants. Yeah, it's, it's almost exactly. That's later on in John uh, 7. So, huh. Um, yeah, just interesting. Leading host of the slain. It doesn't really say one way or the other, or, or the other you know, whether or not they're... Um, I feel like they have had to had some physical touch on that person. That's just what I think. That's where I. That's you know? where I'm at. Yeah, that that's where I'm at. I just in the books. I mean, well, I'd say I, I say we'll see, but you know, I mean, we never know, right? Because I just feel like if they could just simply raise any skeleton that's ever existed, well, God, how many skeletons are there over the history of time, right? I mean, tons of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So. Right. So yeah, they they have to kind of have had a hand in their death, uh, and then they can kind of you know raise them. And I don't know if they have to have had directly killed them, or if their whites can kill them, and then that's an extension of their their own um, essence or whatever. And so then they can raise those people and so on. So okay. All right. Well, hey, thanks, Jeremy, for sending us that Raven. If you want to send us one, be sure to uh, send it to btkcast at gmail.com or on our website, uh, Ben the Knee Podcast. You can send a Raven there as well. Um, and as do we have any other kind of uh, last little bits of information here? Uh, I mean, I not really. Um, I guess the only thing uh, you remember that you remember we, I was talking the other day about about some of this stuff with the gods and the, and the power and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I don't think I were you, were you taking me serious? I, I mean, was, you man. Think I'm, yeah, you know, it seems kind of crazy. I I just want to say because I, I think I said this last week too. I just was a little blown away that I saw a so spake Martin saw an interview with him, and I want to give this again out there for people to think about. Where George basically said somebody asked him, you know, will we see sort of like a a god step out onto the stage here? Will we see? them manifest in some way or whatever. And um, I think George actually says, like, I think he directly answers and says, you know, I have no intention of like bringing a God onto the pages of my book. And he says, as a matter of fact, I don't know if they even exist, right? The writer says, I don't even know if these gods exist. Is he just messing with us or what's so. going right? I think like, so. Is he, I think, is I, think just, I think more often than not, he, he says what? his answers are so, elusive right and he wants people to oh dive deeper into it yeah yeah it's, it's one of those things where it's like it's like he wants i mean because what i'm doing is like okay was he being literal like he actually doesn't know or is he just saying eh, maybe they're not even real you know like like is that what he's saying and, and it, it's sort of um he went on to talk about how his view on the world that you know he's not so sure that uh he, he he's a believer in, a, in an almighty you know one power that would that that rules all things and so the conversation and, and i was again not to find a link for this theory is, is that it turned to more of a conversation about um magic and life and life energy being transferred and blood magic and when you look at the magics in these worlds you see a connection between this blood or the the payment for um you know death being life or life being death whatever you know back and forth and that that sort of um ebb and flow so it's I don't know. That's the last thing I wanted to think. Of. I, I've been thinking about it. I, it's something I want to look into more. And every time now I come across uh, a werewolf, because I think about skin changing and I think about all these different things. I'm like, well, how, what's the common, like, why, how are they able to do that? Like what, who would, who gives them these powers? Is this just a, it's a completely different world and we don't under, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't maybe right. 
understand the biology of it or or whatever uh, it's it's got he's that watching that one panel and hearing him answer that question i just sort of went what <laughs> so i don't know if anyone else has seen it or you guys think it's interesting or you want to you know talk more about it or you have some thoughts and theories on on the gods and their actual you know existence or, or what have you i was watching another one today uh talking about uh uh who was it you are in uh gray joy and just like a god among men and the idea that one would want to be uh the destroyer uh, essentially and want people to worship him and the mockery and again um everything that he's doing with all of these holy men and these priests and these blood sacrifices uh and there's power in in holy men and their blood that's what mm-hmm. he says and melisandre says there's power in the blood of kings you know so it's just it could just come down to belief right like it just the, the people believing in things gives things power maybe yeah. yeah i don't know just something to think about because i was like ah i don't know it's got me questioning everything now in, in this series so yeah Okay. All right. Well, um, all right, guys. And then again, just uh, keep keep an eye out on our YouTube page. We are going to be doing a lot more just like small little one theory uh, episodes. And sometimes if you guys send us a raven, we may do it just on there. Just dedicate an entire episode to it. Um, and then also Raven's Nest is March 15th. We haven't nailed down a time just yet, but we will do that because... Again, we deal with people who live all over the world, so we want to find kind of you know a decent time that kind of works for everybody. Um, and other than that, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 14, Aria 4 of A Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that the night is dark full of terrors.